<laughs> Does anybody know what just happened? <laughs> Does anybody know what just happened? Middle schoolers have a blast. Hey, put that picture of Ryan and Faith back up. Please. Dude, she makes you look a lot better, bro. Uh, the, um, Ryan, Ryan hit his head. I went out to California one year when the high schoolers were out there, and I went out to California, and they said, oh, man, Ryan, Ryan hurt his head surfing or playing in the waves. I said, really? They said, yeah, it's crazy. And they said, we named it. And I said, what do you mean you named it? He said, well, he's got like this huge growth coming out of his head. And I said, what? Oh, yeah, we named it. And I said, what? And Edwin, what was its name? Yeah, Edwin. I said, what? Where is he? And so I go to find Ryan, and he has this huge egg, like a colored, like black kind of blue egg sticking out of his head. He said, like, check out Edwin. And <laughs> a kid's knee hit your head, or your head hit a kid. What happened? Daniel's head, body surfing, created Edwin. Uh, so when we say you can write memories on the back wall of what God did in, in, in the life of this church, maybe we could, or just crazy memories too. Um, I, I did youth ministry for a lot of years, and then I had kids, right? And it's so wild to see that Ryan has been someone who has poured into my kids. And boy, I never knew. I was a youth pastor, and parents would always be like, oh, thank you so much for what you do with my kids. And I was like, you're welcome. And I never got it until I have people like Ryan in my kid's life, investing in my kids. And I mean, there's so, so many influences, right, in our kids and and in our lives and our kids' lives, and when you have people that are genuine, that actually love Jesus and love other people, and, and then pour into you or pour into your kids' lives, it is so huge. And so you don't get it. You don't get it yet. You will get it more later. But yeah, I wanted to say thank you. And why the heck am I crying? <laughs> kids. Okay, I'm serious. We started it last week. We're in this three-week series of DNA, or eight-week series of Boulder Valley DNA. Last week, we talked about remembering and where we've been as a church. And I said, part of, part of the assignment that I want everybody, and honestly, I don't care if this is your first time or your 15,000th time on a Sunday morning at this church, I'm challenging everyone to write memories of what God has done to plaster the back walls with praises. God, thank you for this or that, or when you taught me this, or when that happened through the life of this church. And we're going to paint, we're, we're upgrading the sanctuary and doing new stuff in the sanctuary. I'm going to repaint, but we want to plaster these back walls with praise. And then here in a month or in a few months, we're going to paint over it and seal it in. But you got your assignment? Okay, you can do that anytime. Like you can stand up right now and there's markers back there or during worship or whenever you want or come in midweek, but that's your assignment and I want, I want to see everyone do it. Grab a Bible uh, and turn to Matthew. Great name. 
My name is Matt Carlson. I'm the lead pastor, too. I should probably say that. If you're new, if you're joining us online, uh, we are glad that you are here. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 7. And we're just going to kind of dive right in. And we're going to dive right in in the deep end in a really uh, pointed and difficult scripture. So you're maybe here, you're like, Matt, I'm kind of new. I don't even know what I believe, and I'm just checking this whole God thing out. I'm glad you're here. We're not going to, we don't do bait and switch. We don't fake stuff. We'll just be honest with you. And what we're getting ready to read is a pointed, sharp uh, teaching and words from Jesus. And so it's not whitewashed. Um, in Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Jesus says, hey, it's, it's not just everyone who calls out to my voice. Maybe they, and even they repeat it twice, like, you know, please, please, can I have some? Like, Lord, Lord, let, let me double emphasize. Not everyone who comes up to me and, and cries out or calls out or speaks my name is going to enter into heaven and enter into the truth of who I am and what God's kingdom is. But only, only the one who does the will of my father, only one who does, who has this action, is going to show it by doing something like, oh, man, we got to do a whole bunch. Only the person who's done enough is kind of what I start thinking. But then check out this next verse. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, please, 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 Lord, Lord. All right. You want to know the ones who did the will? Let let me give you my list. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons. And in your name, perform many miracles. Not everyone's getting in that comes up and says, Lord, Lord, only those that do the will of the Father. Okay, great, because Lord, Lord, guess what? We prophesied in your name. We, We did miracles. We saw demons and we kicked them out. Like, that list beats my list, if I had to make a list, right? And they're, like, going big. But we did all this spiritual stuff in your name. You want to talk about doing the will of your father? I mean, I don't know if if, if you had to have your list. If you had to have your list, you know, it's the old Peter at Pearly Gates kind of thing. Like, why should I let you in? What have you done Have you done the will of my father? I was kind to people. Lord, I I, I wasn't too rude. I said, sorry. I want forgiveness. I mean, I don't know. What would your list be? What's your good stuff? What's your good stuff? Ryan's like, man, I stuck with those kids for six years, and they're annoying, (laughs) annoying. And they gave me a trophy at church one Sunday. Lord, we did all these things. And then Jesus responds. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you 
evil doers. Wait, wait, didn't I do the will of the Father and I did all this good stuff? Didn't I earn it? I, mean, I shared my list. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I think you've missed, you've missed it. Because just by, we're all smart people in this room, and by being thinking smart people, in fact, I'm going to genuinely ask this. Think about it for a minute and then answer it. What is the will of the Father here? Can you, can you say, what is the will of the Father? You're pulling from a different verse. That's good. From within this verse, though, you're totally right. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? I never knew you. If Jesus said, I never knew you, what do you think the will of the Father would be? To know him and for him to know you. Which said another way is believe in him who, it, believe in him and who God has sent. But it's to believe, but it's not just to believe, like, okay, I, I never knew you. Is the will, and just sit in this for a minute, you guys, don't run past it. Is the will of God the long to know you? Is the entry pass in, I, I, I know you. Have relationship with you. We have walked together. I know you. We always talk about that. Uh, you know, when they come up to Jesus and they say, uh, What's the greatest command? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Like to love God. And then, and then what? And then to love others like you love yourself. God, that we would love you, that we would know you, that we would love you. We'd be able to love others and ourselves. It's this, I'd put God, others, self triangle here. What would it mean? Like I know we... We walk in a COVID world, and we navigate landmines everywhere, and we are all struggling with all kinds of different things right now. And we're just Americans, suburbanites. But what would it mean if God's like will and desire and longing was for you to know him and him to know you? And we may, might quickly go to a list of like, yeah, but look at all this great stuff I did for you. He says, no, no, no. Because doing a bunch of great stuff apart from the right motivation and the heart of like knowing me and walking in me, it's just junk. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. And sometimes when I say to guys especially, I'm like, man, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you know God? And I think sometimes what it means to them is they're like, dude, you like want Jesus to be my boyfriend, and that's weird. And I don't, I don't get that. And, and, and guys, in general, I say this a lot, I think one of the biggest problems guys face right now is we don't have any friends. Guys aren't very good at friendship. 
And ladies, you are just seem to be better at it and more naturally, relationally, like you get it. And, and so especially for the heart of a guy, and you say, man, just have relationship with God. What? What do you mean he wants to know me and I'm to know him? And what's interesting is, is the, you know, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament is a man named Paul. And Paul, Paul was intelligent, greatly intelligent. He, he was religious and disciplined, like very disciplined in his spirituality and in his life. He, he knew how to work with his hands and provide money. He was very influential and powerful. He could handle authority and power well. He, I mean, he's, he could stand over and say, like, kill him, and, and, and people would kill, you know, and, and, and he had people that would go and do what he said. Paul is this man who's very much like has walked in, in, in systems and structures of the world, and he is a powerful man, an influential man. And so I'm going to have you turn, go to Philippians in your Bible, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. It's, it's kind of halfway through the New Testament. Chapter 3. And this is that guy, Paul, and he's writing. And I want you to hear what he says. He says, but whatever were gains to me, whatever things that I did that really created value and that, that I took a lot of stock in and that I was proud of and that I could put on my list, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law and trying to do everything right, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and, partic and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Paul says, you know what? Everything, all the things I used to count as value of, let me tell you, my status, my success, my bank account, my nest egg, my whatever, my power, my influence, all of it, I've had something totally shift and I consider it all a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing, of knowing Jesus. There's something in knowing him and being known by him that's caused me to like rise up and live in something other. And, and I would say live in the kingdom right there. Paul is a guy who's living in the kingdom of God and God's ways and being about God's ways and his life are about God's ways. And I would even say this to our friends here who are like Matt, you know, because I'm boiling it all down. I would say this, what is, what is Christianity? Ugh. It's not how you vote. It's not what news station you watch. It's, there's all of these proliferation of lies in our culture right now 
that says, what is a follower of Jesus? You know what a follower of Jesus is? Someone who knows and is known by him. Someone who's developing relationship. And I'm going to say this. There's something deeply human. Like we were created to be in relationship with our creator. And you, you might not even know that. But, but, but you have these longings, and you've just looked for other places to get that, to find satisfaction or affirmation or validation or identi identity and identification. We're made to get it from being in relationship with our creator. So why do we exist as a church? Why do we exist as a church? Like, what do we do? When you walk through those doors, what does it say on the outside? It's this, to build authentic relationships with God and with one another. That, that we say, man, pull all the stuff away of this, of this church and all, all the things we do. We long as a church to, to help to each other, help each other, help one another like building and growing a genuine relationship with God. That, that when you get there, Jesus says, yeah, I know you. Oh, yeah, I, I, and I did this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you. Come here. God is good to see you. That we're building. That it's something that's growing, that's in process, that's intentional, it has not arrived. We are all in process, amen? This ain't the place to show up and be perfect and have it all together. If you do, please look for another church. You're going to mess ours up. Because it's authentic. Authentic, not plastic, not forced, not pretend. Get the irony in this. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Yeah. You don't have to wear masks here. But I mean, you have to wear masks, but don't wear masks. And yeah, don't even say it. Uh, I don't think, honestly, you guys, I was at a, um, for me, as your pastor and someone who continues to seek God and grow in this, I think that we as a society and even we as a church don't even understand the depths. When we say authentic, we don't even know the layers of inauthentic we have. Some of us are scarred and hide and are shamed in so many ways, and sometimes it's ways we don't even know. And that's why I'm also proud of this church for some of the hard work we're doing of, of saying, all right, God, I want to know you. And part of that is I need to let you into all areas of my life. And I'm not going to hide. And I've got some scars and some wounds, and I'm going to let you in. And the ultimate journey, I hear the stories of what God's doing, bringing stuff out and re reshaping and reforming how you view yourself and how you view God. And, and so even in relationships, authentic relationships, some of us have such dysfunction in our relationships. And let me just say, God wants to 
draw you out of that. God wants to bring health and wholeness. Because guess what? That dysfunction you have in the relationships with other people, you take to your relationship with God as well. And God's not saying, hey, you know, some of us hide. Someone said this quote to me this week. They said, you know, so many of us can have quiet times with God and we go to seek God, but we're still hiding from him even when we're doing our quiet times because we have some ingrown mechanisms in some ways where we're not really coming and opening ourselves up saying, all right, God, point out the places where I'm broken and I'm, I'm letting you in. I, I long to be whole and have you make me whole and so, so have an authentic relationship. Because a relationship is a currency of God's kingdom. We are relational people, relational beings. Jeff Benson's teaching on the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is relational in nature. We are created in his image. And so often things get like this. Relationships, I'll just do a quick thing here. Relationships at a lowest form get codependent. I need you to be needy so I feel needed, you know, and you get into that weird, this codependency that comes out all over the place. It's a really low level of relational health. Then we think, okay, so let's not be codependent. What are we? We're independent. I don't, I don't need other people, and I, I can be who I am, and I, I can be distanced from you, and I'm, you're, you know, how you're doing doesn't control how I'm doing, and I don't have to play to your needs, and whatever. I'm an independent person. And we think, that's, I've, 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 I've raised up in my level of understanding of relationships. I'm independent. God's way is interdependent. The highest level says, yes, I am my own person, and I'm not going to play weird games, but I can give myself to you. And I choose to serve you and to love you and speak truth. God, when we say let's build authentic relationships with one another, interdependent, not weird codependent, not just a bunch of independent people, interdependent. Relationships with God. And for some of you, I, I think many of us know that. You're like, Matt, I have had this personal encounter with the living God. And he is real. And I'm seeking to walk in him and his spirit is in me. I've, I've, I've surrendered myself to him. I said, Jesus, come into my life. I'm in Christ. I'm in you and operating in this new reality and struggling with it. And I got all my flesh and my sinfulness too, but I'm also longing to grow in that. But it is a relationship with God. And I, and I hope that you're developing like spiritual practices, times of stillness, of soaking in the scriptures, of learning to pray. Man, just a hike in the mountains where you breathe and not just say, isn't creation beautiful? You say, man, it's a reflection of the creator. And Lord, I, I, through your natural revelation, I'm coming to know you more. It's a relationship with God, and then one another. So I think then the question you, you guys should ask, and this is what I'm excited about, is an aspect I'm excited about. You say, okay, Matt, so how? How do we build, and how is this church building authentic relationship with God and one another? Like, what are we doing? And, and for that, we have this, I don't know, this graphic we've got up here. You see how it has these three things, community, 
contribute and connect. Over the next three weeks, we're going to push into each one because I'm going to challenge you as your pastor. I'm going to say, if this is your church, if this, if God has called you here and this is where you're living out faith and life, there's three things I want you to do to, to, to say, okay, if I'm a part of Boulder Valley, this is what I commit to, that, that I'm committing to community. This isn't, faith isn't just, it's a team sport, guys. And, and we sit, sit in rows, but we, we need to, we grow in circles. We need to circle up and be in community with one another, that we contribute. We're like Ryan, who stands up here and doesn't just, he's saying, I'm not, faith isn't just, and not your, not your fiance, faith. I mean, like faith with God isn't just consuming, it's contributing. And God wants to pour us out. Where are you contributing? And then connecting, connecting with God. When, when I say, what are the, what are the ways that you're really building relationship with him? I want to call you to connect with God and have rhythms and patterns and disciplines that spiritually form you and grow you. So friends, there is a new stirring and a fresh focus in our church where we are going to be more intentional to calling one another out, be more intentional to what we're doing as a church and how we're seeing God move in our church. And we're going to keep over these next coming weeks. We like started it last week. Um, this week, it's going to be marked. I want to share with you that this new kind of stirring and stage and phase in the life of our church and the life of your faith, we, we, we made a new church logo, all right? And so I'm going to show you guys the logo in a minute. But, but I want to speak first. Uh, the, the inspiration for this logo actually came from a place that every year, you guys send me pictures. And I love these pictures. But you send me, you know what you send me pictures of? The cross. Not like, yeah, the cross. Up at, up there, we have this cross. And it's a place where people go. And we, it was kind of created to be, to just sit still and to pray. And every year, you guys send me like, like this was like, Matt, the, the sun was going down in the middle of the cross, and it was all red because of the fires. It was awesome. I said, awesome. And then here's another picture. Someone said, oh, you can kind of see it. Matt, the um, fighter jets, what are those called? The Thunderbirds flew over. And you could see sort of the cross. I cut some of it out. And then you sent me another picture. And uh, it's frosty morning, and the cross looks so beautiful this morning. And then this is one of my favorite ones someone sent me. Um, that's a sweet shot, huh? I don't know who took it. Um, but Matt, the mountains and the cross and the sunset, and it was beautiful. And I was up there connecting with God. And it just seems like people keep sending me these pictures of the cross. So drum roll. You guys need to drum roll. Oh, this is intense. Drum roll. Here is the new logo of Boulder Valley Christian Church. Ooh. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's that, that cross, and uh, let, let me just speak a minute about this, that I love that there's, it's kind of the mountains and the cross, and there's those three, three mountains, and when I look at those mountains, I'm like, oh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I also look at those three little mountains, and I'm like, yeah, that's loving God, loving others, and loving ourselves. Grow us in that, Lord. I also look at those three little mountains, and I'm like, yeah, that's what you're calling us to, Community, contribute, connect. 
I kind of like, and there's a couple different iterations you guys will see, but I like this one because all that squiggly mess behind, because it, it's sort of what my life feels like. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. And it's sort of artistic, like an artist brush. So you guys are going to see this around. And listen, logos come and go. I don't want to poo-poo our logo right from the get-go, but a su substance is not a logo. And this church has had many logos over the years. But this is a new logo for a new stage and a new phase in the life of our church and, and how God is stirring and what he's doing. And so you're going to start seeing it around a lot more. And I'm excited. And just let it be kind of a known, like, God is doing new things here. God is calling us into other and deeper things. Okay, you don't need to, well, you can write this one down, but I'm going to go to one more verse. I'm going to go to 1 John. And it's chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. So if, if you're like someone that like loves to follow along and write stuff down, do it. But also, maybe you're someone that just wants to, uh, can just sit here. We're going to do communion here in a minute. And we're not going to rush into it. Because, Lord, it's easy for me to stand up here and speak about you and to proclaim that you, God, that your heart, that your actual desire is to be in relationship with your creation. God, that you are a God who is not distant, but who comes near, who is approachable. And church, have you sensed that at all this week, this morning? God, we have such intricate ways to hide and to numb. And you push through them. And you reveal yourself. And I pray over each of us here this morning that we would sense you wooing and welcoming. You knocking, you seeking, you drawing near. Because this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. 
No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Go ahead and grab your communion elements. Yeah, everyone do the crinkly thing and open, open them up. Friends and at home, if you're joining us at home, maybe you just sit still. Yeah, and if you didn't grab communion there in the back there, you can grab one. I'm going to read this scripture over us one more time. This is how God showed his love among us. He showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Hmm. Father, we are a gathered people this morning um, and we gather around you. And this is love, not that we love God, but that, Lord, that you loved us first and you showed it by sending your son who's an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You brought right relationship where we walked away. You covered our guilt. You called us in. And so, Jesus, we recognize that and we take the, the matzah this morning and it represents your body that was given for us, we take and we eat. And Lord, you, you gave your word and you made your promise and your covenant through the spilling of your blood. Friends, God so longs to know you. He, he went through the cross for you. He shed his blood to cover your sin and my sin and your shame and my shame. And that is why we do not need to hide. We can move into authentic relationship with him. Amen. Take and drink. And so, Lord, we thank you for your work in our lives and in the life of this church. We pray that we would continue, um, we would continue to be a people who know you more, who live in you and walk in you. Pray we'd be a people that would continue to love one another well. Sometimes the difficult parts of relationships are the opportunities for God to grow us. We will not run from those. We will seek to be refined through them. God, may we be a church that really does love one another well.
because boy, that is the platform and the foundation out of which your kingdom comes and your mission goes forth. So I pray for each of us. I pray over each of us here this morning that you would have heard the voice of God. I, I, I know that he is whispering to you and nudging you that you would hear what he said and what he's calling you into. Amen. Amen. Amen.